Welcome into this week's episode of Cape Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Carmen. We are so excited to welcome in Jackson Olson to today's podcast. Jackson was a four-year member of the University of Hartford's baseball team before heading to Stetson University to earn his master's in marketing. He's now working for Major League Baseball as a content creator, very active on social media, and was a part of the Cape Cod Baseball League in the summer of 2019. Jackson, thank you so much for coming on today. Super excited to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I can't wait to talk about my two favorite things, baseball and social media and Cape Cod League. <laughs> exactly. All right. So as I mentioned, you know, played in the summer of 2019. You know, what was it like during that summer? Kind of just like take me through a day in the life of Jackson during that time. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, to start off, I was, I was supposed to be there for three days. I was supposed to be there for two or three days, go practice once or twice and then leave, get out. So um, I basically got there and guys were going to USA and I was kind of like, maybe I'll stay because our whole entire team is literally going to team USA. And uh, anyway, I ended up staying the whole summer, most amazing summer of my life uh, by far. I say it all the time, most amazing summer of all time. So a day in the life, um, I stayed with the host family in Marston's Mills uh, first like three weeks there. Um, incredible time, like uh, unbelievable time with them. And so I would wake up at like seven, seven thirty or eight, depending on um, the night before. Like if I if I was like if we had a late game and I got and I went to dinner and got back at like like 10 30 or like 11 I would stay up play some video games and then I would wake up at like nine the next morning 9 30 but if it was a productive start wake up at 7 30 eat breakfast go to the gym um I can't remember what gym I went to but it was it was incredible uh went there and then my friend Jared DeSantelo me and him were kind of um, in the same boat we were very shy very like and this is before TikTok this is way this is before I started TikTok and I was a very shy person like did not like social interaction as much as the normal person. So um, we would hang out and him and then Tyler Madison, who actually just got signed. So congrats to him. Um, so us three would hang out sometimes. And um, the thing with the team that we were on was that we had the most legendary baseball coach of all time, Ron Polk, coaching us. So we would get to the field like seven hours before our game. <laughs> So that was kind of my day. You said day in the life. So my day in the life was literally get breakfast, go work out, hang out for a little while, and then go to the field for eight, eight, nine, ten hours. Um, and we would have these meetings on pitcher's mound. And so we would get there, get our stuff on. Ron Polk would be like, all right, guys, like out pitcher's mound. So we would all sit around pitcher's mound for like three, like probably like two. Sometimes it was like two and a half hours. I'm not even joking. Ask anyone on the high end of this Harbor Fox. <laughs> So that there for two hours, he would talk, he would just talk for so long. And like, I, the thing about it was that the first couple of days I was kind of like, all right, come on, let's get this going. Third, the third day on, I literally was taking in that information. Cause I'm like, this guy is literally a legend and knows more about baseball and more about the Cape Cod league and life than anyone I've ever really met, except for like my dad. And it was just ridiculous how much he knew. So then anyway, um, and also another thing about him, he calls every one of his players on their birthday every single year, which is wishes him a happy birthday and sends on a Christmas card every single year. It's Incredible. like crazy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we would 
play the, play the game and then get back. I would get dinner or my host family was awesome and would usually cook dinner and have it ready. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, as for like the weekends when we would have like an earlier game, I would explore with some teammates, mm -hmm. uh, explore the area. And um, a lot of it was baseball. It was, it was the summer of baseball and I loved it so much because it was, it, the Cape Cod League is another, it's, you're, you feel like you're living in another world. It's like the most magical thing. And it sounds really like, I'm making this really more profound than it probably should be. <laughs> but the most magical experience you will ever have in your life playing baseball, because you realize all the players that have stepped foot on that dirt that you're standing on. And you realize how many coaches have stood in that dugout that are legendary. And it's like, you really, it, it's the most humbling experience ever. If you think you have an, if you have an ego and you go to the Cape Cod league, everyone, no one's going to like you. You, you can't have an ego because like, even if you're number one draft pick, like, and no one did, no one did. Like we had um, like Anthony Servideo, Jordan Westberg, Nick Lofton, all like big time draft picks. None of them were cocky. They were all the most normal, like awesome guys. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen to me. I thought, all right. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm a top 30 draft pick. Like, where's my uh, limo? Where's my limo to pick me up for the game? Why am I taking a yellow school bus? But no, it's like, it's, it was amazing how everyone kind of realized, okay, like no one is bigger than baseball. And that's what the Cape Cod league makes you realize. Yeah, that's huge. Obviously Ron Polk uh, talked about him on another podcast too, has a huge impact, not only on the players, but the league as a whole, kind of anyone involved in baseball. What was the most impactful thing that he either told you or talked about that still resonates with you today? Yeah, so it's funny that you ask this. So in one of our games, and this is it was not the most impactful for me now, but the most impactful for me while I was still playing baseball. So I hit a foul ball one, and it landed like, like probably three feet in front of me. And I started running. So I started running the first base because I hit it down and I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to run because I hit it in fair territory. Yeah. And I get out, I go back to the dugout and he looks at me and he goes, have you ever heard of the ouch play? And I was like, the ouch play? No, I've never, never heard of that. And he goes, whenever you hit a ball that's within like five feet in front of you, you act like it hurts. So it's called the ouch play. So you pick up your foot and you like start like, like yelling, like, oh, God, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it becomes a foul ball. So the umpire will not see that it hits in front of you. It'll become a foul ball so you don't get out. And I'm like, the fact that you have so much baseball knowledge that like you watched that play, came up with this whole conversation within a matter of like five seconds is the most amazing thing ever. And it, it's, it stays with me. And whenever he calls me on my birthday, um, we always talk about it. He was like, you use the ouch play. I'm like, coach, you know, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I can't. I would play being an MLB ambassador. It's like, or a TikToker. Hey, I love it. That, that really stuck with me how he just wanted to help. Like, that's all he wanted to do. He wanted to help kids, like, grow in the game of baseball and grow in life. And, um, yeah, he's amazing. That's great. And think how many people he's probably told that to, and everyone's now bringing it back to their colleges. Word spreads fast in baseball. <laughs> exactly. That is awesome. So you mentioned, I know a couple of friends that on that team, couple top draft picks, you know, what was the impact like um, from your teammates, your players, the people you became close to within the Cape league on you? Yeah. So they had a huge impact, um, especially going back to Hartford my next year. It was like, 
these guys had the same kind of passion for baseball that I did, but they weren't really, they weren't really outgoing guys. So the reason, the reason I think that is, is because like everyone coming to a summer ball team, like no matter what league you're in, you could be in like literally the the Pacific coast league. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but you can, <laughs> or the Cod league and everyone comes and is kind of like a little shy, but then you kind of find your groups. So, um, I would ask a lot of questions, like not, not early on because I was still shy, but like probably through the season, I would start asking guys questions. So I'd be like, Anthony, Anthony Servideo played at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of the mo- most well-known college baseball players in the last like three or four years. Um, and I would just ask him questions about Ole Miss and like what it's like playing there and um, what types of like drills they do and just try to find out what these big time schools do and what he does in his off time to kind of like tailor that into my own. Not that I would like take any of the stuff that they do, but just kind of hear another perspective on it. Yeah. And then, um, so I'd have those types of conversations with like Anthony and Jordan and Nick. And then the conversations I would have with like my, one of my best friends now, Jared DeSantelo, and then like TJ Stewart, um, we would kind of like just talk about life and talk about how like we weren't going to be these top draft picks, but it was still <laughs> so fun to be there. And sometimes we'd be like, how are we here? And then Jared ended up hitting like 300 in the Cape and had one, like, an inc- he literally got, we were all in the dugout all the time. Like, is he going to just get another hit right now? <laughs> was, and um, so it was so cool to be able to see him do that on that stage. And I'm all about like my friends succeeding. So seeing him do that, I didn't care what I was doing. I'm like, he is on top of the world right now and I want him to stay there. And like, it was just so cool to be able to see that. So it kind of, it varied what I got from different people. Mm-hmm. Jared, it was like, I wanted him to succeed. So that's what I got from him. Kind of more of a sense of like, I want people to do well. From guys like Jordan Westberg, it was like trying to figure out what he does in his off time um, and like what his schedule is, what he does to get better at baseball. Um, so it was a really good mix of mix of things that I learned about myself through yeah. these people from different backgrounds on a team. Super cool. Yeah, there's definitely a range of players there for sure. And, you know, as you mentioned, you went back to Hartford that next year. What did you, what was the biggest takeaway you think you had? I know, obviously, it was Hartford, then down to Stetson. What was the biggest takeaway from that whole experience that you went back and you kind of told your own teammates or maybe even your coaches or what you learned from all of this summer? Yeah, I learned. So my first three years at Hartford, it's actually, this is so crazy. So my first three years at Hartford, I didn't have like really bad body language on the field when I would fail, but it got to me. It got, it it definitely, the failures got to me and playing in the Cape Cod league, it humbles you so much that it's just like, you realize you are never going to be even close to as big as baseball. And so I kind of went back to Hartford the next year and I was like, all right, like whatever happens happens because first of all this is my last year playing which I found out later it was not because of COVID but um I was like this is my last year playing so I have to make the most of it and playing in the Cape Cod League was like my pinnacle for playing baseball so I was kind of like all right like that that happened now I kind of want to have fun but also I want to get drafted and signed Mm -hmm. so it it was kind of a weird mix of like um, sometimes I felt like my, sometimes it, it turned into not caring mm-hmm. as much, which kind of stinks. It like, and I did care, but it was, it was like, I was, I was kind of 
okay with failing my last year. Mm-hmm. And I succeeded my sophomore and junior years because I was so hard on myself, even though I would show some bad body language sometimes. Like I was succeeding on the field. And then my senior year, it was kind of like, all right, how do I just enjoy life? And that actually led me to TikTok where we can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that part. <laughs> yeah. um, so obviously, you know, you grew up in Connecticut. You went to University of Hartford, super familiar with the Cape, probably your whole existence of baseball. What was it like finally realizing that you got the phone call? You know, you mentioned a four-day temp and then it turned into a full summer contract. What was that like if you were to speak to like younger Jackson realizing that you made it to play in the Cape Summer League? It was literally the most incredible thing. So um, even even getting a call that I was going to be there for three days, mm-hmm. I was like, we're going right now. So I was, play- I was actually taking batting practice with my dad on my um, high school field at that time and I felt I saw my phone like light up and I was still hitting and I missed the call it said like just the number of the person it didn't I didn't have the name of them so I picked it up called again he goes this is Chad Gassman from the Highness Harbor Hawks um he was the coach at the time uh would you like to come uh practice for a couple days and see see what happens and I was like yes I was like and then I hang, I hung on the phone I'm like dad I'm not leaving that place like I'm going there and I'm not leaving like he said, it's going to be two or three days. I'll be there the entire summer. And he was like, but like, we'll see what happens. And I was also like, and it's also okay if I don't, but like, this is a dream. So you know, we're going to do this. And um, left the next day, just packed up all my like random clothes, um, threw it in the car, drove down, practiced that night. Um, and it was just like that first practice, it was, we were all just taking batting practice. And I see... Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Oregon, um, Oklahoma, Missouri, like every big time school that you see was on the highest Harbor Hawks that year and on every Cape team. And I'm like, can I like steal one of your shirts really quick? Can I steal like an Oklahoma <laughs> shirt? Uh, or, or switch out the RT for a V so it's Harvard. Um, <laughs> TF, TF for a V. No, but um, – it was cool being from a small school because everyone was kind of like, where's Hartford? No one says where's Ole Miss or where's any of them. So like that people may take that as a bad thing, but it's a chance for me to talk about it. Yeah. And like, so that was, that's really cool. And it was just a uh, overall best summer of my life. If someone says the Cape Cod league is not the best summer of their life, that means they stayed there for two days, which makes sense. Like if you stay there for two or three days, it's not the best summer of your life. You forget about it. Or they just didn't soak in the moment and realize how big it is to play on that stage. So. Love that. You know, it's a big impact. And I mean, spending the whole summer there is a dream come true, not only for everyone in the country, but especially New Englanders who grow up with it almost in their backyard. So obviously I know you mentioned Hartford, four years there, then one year down at Stetson, you're part of the first regional team for Hartford. You won that conference tournament in 2018. Take us through a little bit of that experience through college baseball. Yeah, so um, I went to Hartford in 2016, and it was like uh, I committed pretty early because I knew I knew Justin Blood, the coach there, was like telling me to my face what was actually gonna ha- like. Well, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Other coaches I kind of that were talking to me, I kind of felt like they they don't really know if I'm gonna play for two or three years. Like they don't know what's gonna really happen. So Justin Blood was like, "Hey, man." we love how you play. Like you're going to be a key part of this program. 
So I was like, all right, sweet. So anyway, I get there freshman year. Um, I DH half the year and then played shortstop the last like or like eight or nine games maybe. Um, and then the next year started at short and then started there for the rest of my career. And it was just like a, it was a great experience playing college baseball. And then especially going to Stetson. And well, I mean, first of all, that we won the, you said we won the conference tournament. That was the first ever time Hartford had won the conference tournament. So it was like a, a huge thing for us. And we Stetson to play for the regional. And that's where I ended up going for my last year. So it's kind of um, everything, <laughs> everything is full circle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I have to ask, obviously COVID, no one expected that, but it kind of gave you that last year and that option to go down to Stetson to get those master's degrees. So what was that experience like, kind of the differences between Hartford and Stetson, you know, finally being able to play that one last year that you may have never imagined yeah. to have? So the non-baseball aspect of it, um, it was very different because at Hartford, I was in a, uh, a little tiny apartment with five other guys. It was six of us in this little apartment and sharing a room and then I go to Florida Stetson and I'm at this like resort with <laughs> other guys it's, it's bigger than the room we had and there's only three of us has a pool gym like all that stuff and it, it was just like a kind of a shock to me um and so that was the first thing and obviously the weather like it's hot and humid all the time it's perfect you're never cold and then the baseball wasn't much different it's the college baseball really is like once you get your team assembled and you start practicing it's there was no difference there was literally just I mean guys more used to the heat and more used to like playing in hot weather hitting further home runs <laughs> other than that and like throwing harder but other than that it was basically the same and they were just equally amazing experiences that's great. So I have to ask, obviously, you know, you go to Bama, you're with Stetson and you're getting chirps from the fans saying, stick to TikTok. You go up to bat and hit a home run. Kind of take me through what that was like when you stood in the batter's box, you hear them chirping at you and then you just hit a home run and a run around the bases. Everyone's chirping, chirping, chirping. And then I immediately, the whole entire crowd gets silent right before the pitch, like which usually does happen. Whole entire crowd gets silent. One guy in the in the outfield, I guess he must have been right next to the camera because they picked up his voice perfectly, just yells, stick to TikTok as the pitch is being thrown. And I hit a home run, like almost where he's sitting, like like basically right where he's sitting, right next to him and run around the bases and just get in. And everybody's like, did you hear what he said? Like, did you hear what that guy said? Like, did you see what you did? And I'm so flustered that like I just hit a home run against Alabama that I'm like, <laughs> oh, I I heard it kind of, but I didn't know if it was real or if it was a dream. So <laughs> At that rate, after getting chirped for so long during VP, you're like, I just heard it in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. You know what? Doing you and obviously, you know, mentioning TikTok, kind of when did you realize, obviously you're down in Florida, you're at Stetson, great weather, you're with baseball now, it's your fifth year. When did you kind of realize that TikTok was your thing and that it was going to be what you're going to kind of pursue? I knew it the before I even posted a video on TikTok in 2019. I knew it. Um, it's one of those things where I saw, I made a video like dan a dance trend, Rihanna, Disturbia trend with my friends from Hartford. And they were like, all right, you're going to be in this TikTok. And I'm like, what is that? And so we made it. I didn't like the dancing part. It was it was a fun that it was with us. And like, we, But I, I saw it kind of happening, like how they were setting up the times and how they were like starting a countdown. And I'm like, 
this is like its own production in this little tiny phone. So I started watching videos and I'm like, it was and at that time, this is the thing that people don't realize at that time it was all dancing. It was all like, um, like it all seemed like it was kind of like musically type stuff. It wasn't very, no one was relating to people or like posting like stuff that I post. I don't really know how to even explain it. Um, Relatable content. There were, no, like, long, there were no like long skits or anything. Uh, and so I'm like, I can make this into something else. Like I can make, and it, it almost felt like I could make this app into something that it's not. Mm-hmm. And put baseball and sports into this and like push it out. And that's how it kind of started. I started making videos. I was getting like 200 views in my first like 30 videos. And I'm like, whatever, people are going to make fun of me. I'm making them in the locker room. Made a video in the locker room that took me like, 45 minutes it got 10 views after like five hours so I really- <laughs> then I finally one hit after like the 31st one it hit mm. and I'm like thank god like <laughs> I explain to people that this thing is actually like could be real so uh that's how it that's how it kind of started and then I just I posted uh once or twice every day for the last two years and how do you come up with this content? You know, that's so different from everyone else. I know so many people use TikTok nowadays, but obviously you got to stand out and have your own little niche. So when did you realize, obviously you mentioned you kind of transitioning into your own more relatable things, but kind of when was the turning point of like, heck yes, every video is going to be viral and I'm going to make this all relatable and it's going to blow up on everyone's page across the nation. Yeah. So I realized that people love what people love when they're on TikTok they seeing a really funny video that makes them chuckle, like makes them laugh a little bit. They like it, they scroll past it, they never think about it ever again. I don't want, I don't necessarily want that to be my thing. I don't want to just make funny videos where people are like, oh, huh, and scroll. That's, I make a lot like that to kind of like entertain. But a very important thing that I do is I bring people along on my journey of life. So I post a lot of like sentimental family videos about like, um, like coming of age stories. So like from when I was eight years old, how I acted to when I was 12 to 16 to 20 to 24. And I fit that all into one minute. And so I'm making one today kind of like that. And it's like, it takes long to make because I want to make sure like people are relating to every part of it. So for example, if I make a video about baseball and I say, when you go over four with four Ks, you can't say Ks because not everyone knows what a K is. You have to say strikeout. And I stay away from saying like, oh, for four, because some people don't know what that is either. So I say, when you have a bad game, like a bad game, everyone knows what that means. So I make sure that everything I say on TikTok, the 12-year-old girl can understand it and the 65-year-old man can understand it. That's what I kind of, before I post any video, I'm like, all right, is everyone going to understand this? Even if they don't relate to it, will they understand it? So that's, that's my process. And that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Um, unless you have a niche that's like, like, I don't even, I don't even know, like rating Pokemon cards. Like obviously, <laughs> obviously that's your thing, but not everyone's going to like, like want to watch that, but that's yeah. kind of what I've been doing. And I incorporate baseball into it too. Yeah, that's great. So to this day, I have to ask, what's the favorite video that you've ever made? <sighs> ever made? Um, definitely the stick to TikTok one. Um, that's, that's my favorite that I posted. Not one, not that I've made that video took like 10 seconds to make. I just put the clips together, posted it. Favorite one that I've made is probably with Zach Brown um, at the World Series. And it was such a cool like story about that. So we're at the World Series for um, 
I'm in this MLB ambassador program. We got sent out to the World Series. And in our suite, we look over and the whole Zach Brown like band is there. All their families are there. And he had just sang the national anthem that day at the World Series. So I'm like, I talk, I say to all of my friends, I'm like, I'm going to get him in a TikTok. Like I'm, I'm going to, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to get him in one. So I'm a very like sporadic person. So I didn't think of an idea before I went up to him. I go, hey, Zach, want to get a TikTok? And he was like, oh, I actually just started on TikTok. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, that's a yes. Like, he's going to say yes. And he was like, give me one inning. Um, he's a big Braves fan. So he's like, let the Braves hit, and then I'll come over to you, and I'll, I'll get you. And I'm like, all right. So I sit down. There are two outs in the inning. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, but this is going to be so awesome. Like, I just got Zach. And everybody's freaking out that I just went over and talked to Zach Brown. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't have an idea. And I'm like, what oh, now? no. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have an idea. I don't have anything for this man <laughs> right now. So I'm like, all right, what I can do is just like, I'm just going to film with him. One of his songs, hold a beer in my hand. So he comes up to me. He goes, are you ready? He's so excited for it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, I just got this man's hopes up so much. And so I immediately just remembered that there was a part in the song where he says cold beer in my hand. So I was like, okay, I'll just like sit, I'll just sit down and on the couch and he'll come up behind me and I'll be singing the song. And I was like, when you're chilling during game three of the world series, singing the Zach Brown song. And I'm like singing it. And he comes up behind me. And right when it says cold, like it was toes, like a cold beer in my hand. And then it was like, life is good today. So I turn around, I grab the beer. He walks out of the frame. He goes like this, like whatever walks out of the frame. And um, that's, that was the video. So that's my favorite one I've made. Cause it was kind of, I'm always doing stupid stuff in public. Like I've, for an, I did, I worked with Instacart. I did an app for Instacart and I put a football helmet on, ran through the grocery store. Um, and that was what I did for that. And so that was nothing compared to going up and asking Zach Brown to be in a video. It's like, it's, it's scary to do, but once you do it once, now I can go up to anyone. Like I can, I can go up to anyone and ask, Hey, you want to be in a TikTok? If they say no, I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> Don't lose anything in any situation there. And he went up to Zach Brown. You can practically do anything now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Awesome. Well, you know, you mentioned um, MLB creator class kind of ambassador program that you were involved with. How exactly did you get that opportunity and when did that come about? Yeah, so I was posting videos at Stetson with some of my teammates, Austin Dilbert, uh, who has a big TikTok now. And um, so we were making some videos and MLB like would respond to all my videos and like comment. And so they reached out actually during quarantine, they reached out for the first two times. They wanted to use my a video of me swinging for one of their videos. And they wanted to do like this wave challenge where everyone across the country does the wave before opening day. Mm -hmm. So they used me for two videos. Then I rated dance moves on their page. Mm -hmm. So they're like an MLB player would be in the dugout, like dancing. And I would like give him like a score or whatever. And then finally they reached out and they were like, Hey, we're doing this ambassador program. Like, when are you going to, when are you going to apply for it? <laughs> Cause I already saw it. Like I already saw the video and I was like, I don't know what this is. So I don't know if I want to apply. And, um, they were like, do it. Like, yeah, like, come on. Like, sign, like, and I'm like, MLB is telling me to do this. So I'm going, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. So we had to make a video saying why you should be in it. I basically made a video telling my mom that I was playing major league baseball. Um, <laughs> it was like, a, it was a whole joke. And then, um, yeah, I got in and it was the most incredible, like, it was literally the most life-changing experience ever because it was when TikTok became real. Like that's when TikTok became real for me. And all of those people that said it wasn't for so long and just like tried to bring me down so many times, it was like, okay, this is, 
this is real now and not to rub it in anyone's face ever because I never want to do that. It was more of a thing of just like, do you see what TikTok has done? Mm -hmm. They just took over MLB. MLB just took over TikTok and every other sport, NFL, NBA, it's all in the next five years, they're all going to have ambassador programs. And like it set me up for some really, really cool opportunities right away. And like right now too. So for people who are kind of interested, not only in what you've been doing on TikTok, but maybe doing what you did with MLB, kind of what's the biggest advice that you have to give to them? You have to realize how, how big TikTok is and how when I was starting, I was getting a lot of hate. If you start posting on TikTok right now, you're not going to get that much hate. And then when you do, it's from, the, it's from like the people who just have nothing better to do. You're not going to get hate from people that are also posting on TikTok. And that was happening to me a lot. Mm-hmm. So I say, just go for it. Post what you like. Um, if you want to be an MLB ambassador, post a lot of baseball content. If you want to be an Instacart ambassador, then post a lot of, of videos of you in the grocery store acting like a, an idiot. <laughs> um, whatever you want to do, make sure you're, post, you're adding in content, but not too frequently and never tag the company that you want to work with. That's what I've learned. People are always like, um, like at MLB, make me an ambassador. I want to be one so bad. Or like at bank, sponsor me. I see those all the time. And I'm like, you know that like you posting that means that you want to do that, even though it sounds like a joke. And you're just like, oh, whatever, like, let's see what happens. It's never going to happen. And they're going to never choose you to be in their program because they want people that are playing hard to get. And that will help them not just be like, oh, I made the, I'm in the ambassador program. So I'm set now. Like, I'm good. I'm good. And um, so, yeah, I would just say post every day, be consistent, stay true to yourself and don't worry about the haters because they have nothing better to do. (laughs) Exactly. So with you know, TikTok, obviously you've grown so much in that, but what have you noticed kind of with your other social media platforms and like you getting these opportunities to do stuff, not only now with baseball, but also Super Bowl, NFL, and now you're living in California. What have you seen the growth with that kind of area? Yeah. So I, my Instagram has very good engagement. It's like, I get a lot of views on everything. I don't have, I mean, it, obviously I had a thousand followers on Instagram when I started. Now I have like around 25,000 and it's harder to grow on Instagram for sure. Um, unless you're posting reels and I actually have to get back into that. I have to get back into posting reels because that's, that can really blow you up too. Um, the thing I think about different platforms is that every platform wants you to stay on their platform. So like TikTok doesn't want you go, to go to Instagram or YouTube. So sometimes when I direct people to go somewhere on TikTok, like, it, so for example, if you say link in bio on TikTok, they immediately flag that and they don't push it out to the For You page. Mm-hmm. So anything like that, it's, it's kind of weird. The platforms are like competing now when they really weren't before. They were all so different. Like YouTube didn't care about TikTok. TikTok didn't care about Instagram. They're all their own entity. And now it's like, they're all competing and doing the exact same thing. So like YouTube has shorts basically TikToks. Instagram has reels, basically TikToks. So I would say to grow on every one, post on every single one. Um, I'm primarily on TikTok because I see a future in that more than anything. Um, And I want to put all my time and effort into TikTok. But if you're just starting, it might be a good thing to try all three and see which one works for you. Everyone has their own niche and see what works best. 
So yeah. with the future, you know, what do you think these next couple of years look like for you? Not sure if you've exactly thought about this, but where do you see the biggest growth? I know, obviously you mentioned TikTok, but what is the future looking like? Yeah, so it's actually really exciting. Um, I can say a little bit about this. I don't know if I can say the whole thing, but MLB is starting a podcast and I'm going to host it. So I'm going to be the host of the MLB podcast. <laughs> and um, that's going to, we haven't really, they pitched the idea to MLB about the whole thing and about what I'm going to be doing. It's going to be like tailored towards Gen Z. So it's going to be very fun, interactive stuff. Um, and yeah, so that's going to be taking up a lot of time. I also partnered with Facebook and with Meta, I guess now, and I've been doing these super shows. So I get a company to sponsor it. So I had Rawlings sponsor this event last night. And I talked with one of my friends from the ambassador program about like um, advice about TikTok, kind of like I'm giving right now. Um, gave away MLB gift cards, MLB shop gift cards, and made it very interactive. So I've been doing those two things. Um, so if these two things work out and I end up liking them still in six months, I can see myself being like a full-time host of something. Very so cool. Awesome. Well, um, do you have any, you know, last minute before we wrap this up, any last minute advice, anything else you want to bring up to any of our viewers and our listeners? Yeah, I just say, I would say, um, do what you love. I made a video about this the other day, like do what you love because we don't have enough time to do anything else. So it's like, it, and my other favorite quote, which is kind of going to tie into this is sometimes you have to build the plane while it's in the air. So that's what life's about. So sometimes you'll find something that you love in the middle of doing something else. Stop that thing that you're doing. We don't have enough time to like, be like, oh, you know what? I'll stay here for another year or two years because that time that you're staying there, you're only going to want to be in another area. You're only going to want to be doing something else. So obviously if you have a commitment to something, if you committed to something, then you have to stay. Like if you signed a contract and you leave the contract and you have to pay all this money, like maybe stay if you don't have the money for it. But um, I would just say I had a job lined up. Like I'll give the basically the story. I had a job lined up um, right after my senior year of college. I was going to be working in Hartford, going to get an apartment in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, wasn't excited about it. I was like, it's going to be a good salary. So I'm going to be able to make a lot of money early. But it was making cold calls. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I started TikTok and I'm like, I had this vision that it was going to be huge. So if you have a vision that something's going to be huge, and you don't take it and it ends up being huge. Like if I didn't take the opportunity of TikTok and I saw what was happening right now, I would be like sitting at my job and just be depressed the entire time. I, would, I wouldn't be able to do anything productive because I'd be like, I missed out on that. So whatever it is, it doesn't have to be TikTok. It could be anything in the world. If you see an opportunity in something and you think it's going to be big, it's for a reason. You're thinking that for a reason. So make sure you go do it and... Um, yeah, life, life is way too short to not like, just go for it and do what you want to do because what you want to do, you're going to be the best at. That's what I found. So. Love that. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so last thing before, um, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions and you have to give me the answer the fastest you can. Okay. So first question, you spent the summer in the Cape. Where was your absolute favorite spot? It can be restaurant, beach, anything. I forgot the name of it. Uh, oh, no, I remember uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Tropical Smoothie Cafe, I would go with Jared DeSantelo. If he's watching this, he's going to be laughing right now. <laughs> we would go there after every single lift. We probably spent, I don't, I don't even want to know how much money we spent there. But that was that was the spot. Um, and then my other favorite spot, my other favorite two spots were my host families, um, the Brewers, who 
have been so supportive of everything I've been doing. And it's just so amazing to like have them, that, that, that family basically just like stick with me on my journey. And, um, and then the Colasanos who I lived with the second half um, of the summer, because long story, but the Tyler Madison had to leave and then Jared didn't have a car. So I would drive him everywhere. So I had to move into their, their house. So I would stay there a lot. And um, we just, our conversations in that house were so awesome. And so those are the, the three places that I loved being. Love it. Tropical smoothie. You guys should have got rewards. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't. I can't believe we didn't. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Any super, probably flying um, because LA traffic sucks. <laughs> so probably flying. Yeah. The one tele- teleporting. Teleportation. That's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, what is one thing that people don't know about you? One thing that people don't know about me. Um, this is, this, is, this is dumb, but it's, it's a fact that probably no one knows except for my parents and my friends when I was younger. Um, I used to be addicted to video games, like badly. I would come home and play for, and I, this might be a lot of people, but I would come home from school and play for like eight hours. You can ask, like my parents will, if they're watching this, they'll be like, oh my God, not video games. <laughs> I would play Call of Duty every day. And on the weekends, I wouldn't go outside. I wouldn't step foot outside. So not that it's a fun fact about me, but it's a fact about me that no one knows. So <laughs> maybe it got you into loving TikTok and being able to stare at screens in your phones all the time. Got me, got me ready for it. Yeah. Uh, so if you could spend an afternoon with any athlete in history, doesn't have to necessarily be baseball. Who would it be? Um, Derek Jeter, hundred percent. He's who I modeled my game after. Um, the reason I'm number two. And now that I'm kind of in this, I, I want to get him in a TikTok somehow. Maybe one day I'll meet him and I'll be able to get him in a TikTok. And I've met a lot of baseball players. My dad worked for Rawlings for 38 years. We'd go to every Gold Glove Award dinner. Um, so I met like a lot of players. Mm-hmm. And the one player that I haven't talked to that I want to is Derek Jeter. And he, I feel like he has just in, the insight into like a lot of things that no one really, no one really knows about being like the fa- he was the face of baseball for a while. And he really still is like, the face of baseball when you think of shortstops you think of the yankees like he's a legend a living the most he's the most living legend that i know right now so i think that would be that would be awesome yeah one of the biggest faces in baseball so last question what is or obviously was your baseball superstition or ritual that you would follow for every game so i had to wear an arm sleeve and it had to be the same arm sleeve for the entire year i could not switch it if i switched it or i washed it and it always, it always smelled terrible, but um, if I switched it or washed it, I was like, well, I'm going over four today, so that's great. Um, <laughs> and air um, tape on both my, both my wrists. It actually depended. The tape depended, but the arm sleeve was a must. If I didn't have an arm sleeve on playing baseball, I felt like I was just like not athletic at all. <laughs> um, so that was the only superstition that I really had, just making sure I wore some tape and an arm sleeve. A part of your uniform. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jackson. It was so great to have you on today. We look forward with your future and wish you nothing but the best of luck. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. This is Emma Carmen signing off from Cape Lee Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well as follow us on social media at official CCBL on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for all listening and have a wonderful week.